the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm your, your host of the show. I'm joined once again by Chris and Greg. Hello, guys. Hi, Craig. Hi, Greg. How are we doing, guys? All right. And this week, we've got the, the Scottish Cup replay between St Myrna and Hearts to cover. We've got the, the games at the weekend in the SPL there, including the Old Firm game, which uh, I'm looking forward to discussing with Chris specifically. Mm-hmm. We've got the, the Paul Band charity bet, which is, is uh, we all know how that goes out every week. It's the same, it's, it's a, a cliche, but I, I do have high hopes, and but I'll, I'll tell you about that later on. And we'll, we'll do a preview for the, the SPL games that are coming up next weekend. First things first, I thought we'd mention the, the Scottish Cup replay. Uh, St Mirren against Hearts, which Hearts finished, uh, Hearts won 2-0. Did either of you watch the game? It was live on was it Sky, I think, Sky Sports 2. I think it was, yeah. Uh, uh, I've seen the first half. I was, in, I was playing football that night, so I missed the second half. But I've seen enough of the game to see the, the penalty that St Mirren got when they had the ball in the net. And I've seen the, the first goal that Hearts got. I thought the, the, the penalty's a bit harsh because the, the referee, if he plays on a few more seconds, it's a goal. And then, obviously, I've had the penalty saved. But uh, you, you hardly ever see the, the, the referee play on, although it did happen again against St Mirren later on <laughs> this week. So Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that because uh, we will talk about playing advantage, but I'm not really sure of the the exact the exact rule there. That the referee, uh, I heard that the it's not a case of playing advantage for your own team. It's something not stopping the game if it if the opposing team get gains advantage by that. I'm I'm, I'm unsure. It's, it was a bad call. It's a bad decision. It's just it's just a let play go on. Just all, all it takes is an effort to hold the whistle for a few seconds and see what happens. Is that too much to ask? Uh, so that's that's Hearts into the the semi finals, and I was hearing that they've got eighteen thousand tickets allocated Aye. from so far. Aye. I uh, I think Warry was saying that they've got a, there's some sort of points allocation system, and they're expecting that most of them should be able to get tickets for it. But I don't know. I'm sure they'll be able to fill up even better points allocation. It should be a nice 50-50 spot at Hamden for a change. To be, to be fair to St Mirren, um, I think it's probably the semi-final that most most people were looking after because you're going to get a, Chris says, you're going to get a capacity crowd there and I would imagine with a decent atmosphere whereas maybe St Mirren in the semis um, maybe like 12,000 or so. So yeah. I suppose it's the one that most people want to, want to see. I was hearing that the, the gate receipts are split four ways. Uh, the for both games the, the gate receipts are pulled and then split. So Aberdeen Hibs will be will be pleased to hear about that tie uh, potentially selling out from from what I hear anyway. If, if Hearts are uh, looking to increase their allocation from eighteen thousand, uh, I would I would think they'd get it. And I can I can't imagine Aberdeen and Hibs won't be selling quite a few for that semi final as well because they'll both fancy it. Yeah, aye, it's their their only chance really. I suppose Hibs do have to, to focus on the, the relegation battle, but yeah, it can't be a bit of cup romance. I thought we'd, we'd look at the, the predictions. I, I, I do like to focus on these quite a bit. So the, the game's finished 2-0 to Hearts, and, well, just so happens that I've predicted 2-0 to Hearts. <laughs> I think I'm going to call this the Smug Podcast. That's going to be the title, because this, this is going to continue on. <laughs> Aye, uh, Greg, you were rubbish. You went 1-0 Hearts after no. extra time, I think. And Chris, oh, no, I think I went extra time, didn't I? Chris was 2-1. 2-1, extra time. Aye. Uh. Uh, close, but no cigar. 
I blame the ref. <laughs> I'm calling this podcast, I blame the ref. It's <laughs> <laughs> ended up with a ban, you get sent to the living room. Talk like that. That's the thing. That's it. Uh, is it. Is it safe in the living room? No, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to know what Peter Lawl was thinking when he's hearing that that Lennon's been told it's unsafe to sit in the director's box. Do you yeah, think he left stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so if, uh, moving on to the SPL and uh, the first game up is Aberdeen against Inverness, which finished one 0 to Inverness. Aberdeen were were on a, a pretty decent run up until they got beat off Motherwell and that the woes continue. So, Greg, are you pleased that once again Paul Brown's been beaten? Oh, I kind of not really that bothered these days. I think I said a few weeks ago, when they, when they beat us in the cup, um, it's kind of that particular run that we had come to the end. So I'm not really caring what they're doing now because it's looking as though, as though they're going to finish mid-table. So, bigger fish to fry. But uh, I give result for Inverness. I think most people would have taken, taken Aberdeen to do their business there. But... Um, another good three points for them. I think that's, 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 that's Inverness more or less definitely safe now, I would imagine. I don't see there being any danger of them being dragged back into the, into the relegation mire, so big win for them. Yeah, it's definitely. It's between the, the bottom two now, isn't it? Dunfermline yeah. and, and Hibs scrapping yeah, it out, yeah. It's, about, what, it's 11 points or something. Inverness are ahead of Dunfermline at the moment. It's, it's, it's still is. no mathematically safe yet, but uh, you would think so. They've got a game in hand as well and a, a, a yeah. 20 20 goal difference better off so aye it should be okay yeah. as for Aberdeen that's him consigned to the bottom six pretty much all they've got left is a cup so I think the, the remaining games in the league for them will be playing for places in that semi-final and maybe even the final that's it yeah. so then the predictor yeah, I went for a 2-0 victory to Aberdeen Greg you went 0-0 and Chris you went 1-0 to Aberdeen so none of us expected that result the next game up is Dunfermline against St Mirren and it was Jim Jeffries' first game in charge of Dunfermline and we discussed it in the last podcast how often that gives the, the team a bit of a lift but he didn't quite lift them enough to get their, their first home win of the season but to win a point was, was could prove important especially with Hibs losing and obviously a win would have been better because they're still three points behind Hibs but they're at least at least within touching distance you just wonder whether they're ever going to get this this home win this season, don't you? Because it's, uh, they're, they're steadily running out of games. And I thought they had a good chance. Uh, Saturday, I thought, they might have, I thought they might have nicked the three points there, but wasn't it to be. But like you say, it's an important important point on the board and keeps them in touch with Hibs. Yeah, we, we touched on uh, the, the referee and uh, playing advantage when it was a, a penalty call and Dunfermline benefited here when, or was it, was it St Mirren that benefited or was it Dunfermline? I can't remember. No, it was, Dunfer- it was Dunfermline's goal, the, the equaliser at Dunfermline. It was, it, was a, it was a penalty about to be awarded, but the ref waited a few seconds and Dunfermline put the ball in it. It was, I. Samson tried to make a clearance and then booted yeah. it off. Uh, was it Thompson? And I think it just rolled in, yeah. Uh, it was, it's, 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 it's a bit harsh on St Mirren because that's, that's basically... Two decisions have went against them. One's been they put the referee has blown the whistle too quickly, and one's been the referees not blowing the whistle and let play continue. So if you're submarine, you're looking for any consistency whatsoever, and there's been none. It's, that's one of the, the big problems with referees. Is it's hard enough to keep the referees consistent with their own decisions, let alone across the referees. Yeah, yeah. So the the score was one apiece, 
in the predictor, I went 2-0 to St Mirren, so I would have got zero points there. Greg, you went 2-1 to Dunfermline, and the same with you, Chris, so nothing there. Uh, St Mirren continue their bad run in 2012, they haven't got a win since they beat the Zem- uh, Rangers back in December. Not Well, in the league anyway, they've been in a couple of games in the cup, but nothing in the league. Yeah. And the next game up is Hibs against Dundee United, which Dundee United won 2-0. And I've been really impressed with them. They, they seem to be turning on at the, the right end of the season. Uh, I, I was a bit worried for them in the summer there when I was hearing about how many players were leaving. And I just wasn't really sure what to expect. And I, I thought they were going to be a bottom six, to be honest. But now that they're coming good, I think that Johnny Russell and Mackay Stephen are really shining. John Daly as well, he's 16, 17 goals maybe. Aye, he's the second top scorer in the SPL now. Yeah, aye, they're really pushing for that now, probably pushing for third place. I think they they'd need to work Thorn's, hard for it, but could be. Definitely the third team at the moment, and uh, like you were saying earlier, they've, they've hit this wee rich vein of form at the right time, and just before the splits where you really need to start getting going, and as I'll, as I'll cover, we talk about the Motherwell game, I'm now... Uh, I'm now looking down the table at Dundee and Johnston and becoming a wee bit concerned. Uh, the, the chasing pack seem to be get picking up the points from other one. But uh, United, it was it was a good game for them, uh, another one. Uh, you kind of wonder what would have happened to Robbie Nielsen they've been sent off against Celtic in the Cup game because every other game United have played, they've been the better team, they've got yeah. the, go- the goals, they've got the wins. Uh, looked like a good high-tempo game against Hibs. I think Griffiths hit the post. I think it was as close as a Berlin came. But, I mean, it was a lucky break for Russell for the first goal that eventually gave him the lead. But uh, the, the second goal was a bit of a shocker for Pernice, which went right under him. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, under Stack. Uh, aye, it was... Aye, right, uh, aye, Mac- Mackay, Stephen, uh, they were showing you the highlights <laughs> and I was, I was thinking, no, that's too tight an angle. Stokes is the only guy who could score from there. But Mackay Stephen just hit, hit a decent ping and, and forced it under. I thought Mackay Stephen, there was a couple of times that he, on the highlights there that, that he'd done a, a, a couple of good runs. There was one where he, he beat maybe three, four players. And aye, then he had a good reflect right in the middle of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Aye, aye. He's not a good player, him. Yeah, very exciting talent. But what was happening on the, the BBC highlights? Was there a wee bonfire started or something? That it was, it did aye, look it was, a bit... it was, I think it was foggy or if it was some sort of... Some sort of flare or something. It seemed, to, it, was. it seemed to hit part way through the highlights. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've n- never seen fog hit like that. So I was just wondering if there was maybe a fire, a local fire, or. I... It's probably just all the junkies down in Leith burning their old needles. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it'll be. Thanks for clearing that up, Greg. So in the in the predictor, the game itself finished two 0 to Dundee United. I predicted a, a 2-0 victory to United, so that's that's prediction oh, number two that I got correct. As I say, the Smug Podcast. And Greg, you can join me, uh, being a bit smug here. You went 2-0 as well. Superb. Although, you lose points because you mentioned daily scoring. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's a that's risky harsh. take. That's harsh. Fair enough. Try to be too specific, Chris. I would take a Aye, Chris, you went 3-1 and United, <laughs> so... Aye, fair prediction. <laughs> the next game up is Killy against Motherwell, which finished 2-0 to Killy. Uh, going into this game, I thought Killy's, they don't have much to play for in the league, and Motherwell's uh, the total opposite there. 
they're really fighting to, to try and secure third place and dreaming of a, a second place finish as well. So I didn't see this one coming at all. I'd went for a, a 2-0 away victory. Greg, you went 3-1 away and Chris, you went 2-0 two, away. So we were all pretty confident in Motherwell dispatching Kelly, but they just didn't seem to turn up, Greg. No, they didn't. I listened. I listened to the game of the wireless. I was really close to going on Saturday, but I decided at the last minute not to bother. And then I listened to the wireless. And I think the first 20 minutes we were reasonably um, reasonably okay. We passed the ball well, but after that we, we just seemed to fall out of the game completely. I think we'd, I think we'd one shot on target for the whole 90 minutes, which um, given the fact that we've, we've, we've been scoring quite a few goals lately just isn't really good enough. And it was interesting after the game, McCall came out and it's the first time this season he's really... He's had a bit of a go at the players because up to this point he's, he's kind of shied away from doing it. But I think even he was um, at a loss for for uh, just why they performed so badly on Saturday. Given, as you were saying there, given what's at stake or potentially at stake for the remainder of the season, it looked as though there was too many guys who uh, who just didn't turn up in the day. And talking to one or two who were at the game, they were sort of saying it was a almost a lacklustre performance, which worries me a wee bit at this stage of the season because you really need to be kicking on now and if you're going to try and finish third or better you've got to be turning up like Dundee United are doing and like St Johnson are doing at the moment we just don't seem to be don't seem to be um, putting the football together which uh, which merits the point so massive massive game coming up on Saturday again and I just I just really hope we don't um, we don't undo all the good work that we've done up to this point in the season and end up bottling it and finishing fifth or sixth or something so I think there's there's there maybe one or two um, harsh words in training this week, so hopefully we might see a wee bit of reaction on Saturday. But to be honest, I wouldn't put much money on it at the moment. So I thought uh, Hately made a good save. Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> that I, I, I guess one of these is, is a penalty, but I think he's I don't know. It looks as though he's slipped or he's I, I'm not sure. Slipped or dived for it. Aye. I don't know. As soon as he, as soon as you stick your arms up in there like that, you know it's it's it's, it's it's criminal. As soon as the ball hits your arms, it's a definite penalty. But to be honest, that wasn't really. I don't even think that was a problem, to be fair, because they were running up at that point, and I don't know. I'd like to know they could maybe go on and scored again. We just we never threatened up the other end, so ach, no complaints. Kelly deserved it by all, by all accounts. I did like one bit about the highlights. I seen it right at the start. The the, the guard the honour Mullerwell did for Kilmarnock with the league cup being presented in the in the the stadium. I thought that was really classy, Mullerwell. Aye, uh, yep. uh, no, they did. It was, um, I think they did that, and also there was a, um, they had a minute silence for uh, Liam Kelly's dad before the game as well, and uh, some of the Motherwell fans, the, the young guys that have been going to a lot of the games this season and um, creating a bit of the atmosphere, they they they'd put together a big banner, I think, um, with uh, the lads, uh, lads' dad's name on it and stuff. So uh, it was uh, uh, the only plus point was was really the support on Saturday. We took, we took, uh, I think it was over thirteen hundred, didn't we? Rugby Park, which for Mother Rosa is a hefty away support, but fortunately they were rewarded by a lot of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope it does. They put them off and they keep going back to these away games. And... Aye, well, no, you're, no, you're right. You, you, would, you would hope so as well. Another significant thing to mention in Commandant's favour was again they, they cut the prices on Saturday too. It was it was fifteen quid and I think uh, ten pounds, five pounds to get in. So again, it's proven if you if you chop those prices a wee bit. And, Encourage one or two more people to come, then you get a bigger gate. But yeah. it just seems so simple, Greg, when you when you put it like yeah. that. But for some reason, they're just not listening. Don't 
Everton are. They, they seem to be, especially teams like um, like Hibs and Hearts, and they just seem to be completely um, hell bent and charging these ridiculous prices. I'm going through Easter Road in a couple of weeks, and I think the last time we were there it was something like twenty two quid to get in. Uh, in two weeks' time we're going there. It's a Sunday. I think it's a. It might be a twelve fifteen kickoff. Something like that. So you can guarantee again the prices will be up through the roof. And it's just I don't know. I don't understand it. So I'm sure Kelly will put their ticket prices back when we visit in a couple of weeks' time. So. Ah, well that's it as well. I mean, you can't really complain too usually. much because the old the old firm do they get they get they get fleeced left, right, and centre by these grounds. So I can't really complain too much. I suppose it could still be a game for Kelly to play though because uh, they're, they're five points behind Hearts at the moment and they two games to play now. There's a an outside chance to make the top six. I don't really think they're going to do it, but I mean, depending on what the results are next week, they could be playing Celtic, knowing that a win might be enough to give them that place in the top six. So, still a wee bit to play for for Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you say, as uh, as far as Mullerwell go, I think they're they're starting to think more about uh, Dundee United and St Johnson than Rangers now. Definitely. All right, only three behind Rangers, but uh, I think the the eight points might be more significant, especially if uh, they don't beat Rangers and. Saturday coming, then it's it's six points down for Rangers and only five ahead of the two they're chasing, perhaps. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so the, the next game up is St. Johnson against Hearts, which finished 2-1 to St. Johnson. To be honest, I wasn't really surprised with this scoreline, uh, especially since I predicted it last week. That's, a, that's a th- the third one I got right. I, I thought that uh, Sandaza done really well for the first goal for Murray Davidson. I thought he's something that uh, you don't often see from him. He's just battling really, an, an old school battler down on the wing to win the ball back. And then the ball came in, Murray Davidson. I'd, I don't know, it, it'll go down as a shot, but it, it fairly trickled in the, the far corner there. I almost thought that McDonald was going to get up after the diving and, and dive again. It was that slow, that much time. <laughs> uh, Sandaza. Doesn't surprise me again that he scored. He's a, a quality player. I, I don't think we'll be seeing him in the SPL next season. I think he'll be offski onto onto better things. No disrespect to St Johnson, but I think it's I think it's a sad sad fact that the SPL that the players are really using this as a stepping stone to the Championship, or sometimes even League One nowadays. So the even high. Well, I think. Uh, was it uh, Aberdeen? They were talking about teams in League One could could pay more than they could. I just shocking. I hate that unbalanced money's brought into football. Yeah. So I thought that the Hearts were unlucky. That uh, was it. Gary Glenn at the end rounded the keeper and then just the ball just wide. trickled by the post. Yeah. That unlucky. Uh, I thought uh, Hearts made a good game. Yeah. I think uh, well they obviously took the lead in the game. It was a, a decent goal and then well, they've conceded a, a pretty good. Uh, Equaliser, but then Zalajukas, what is he thinking with that tackle on Sandazo? Yeah, uh, it was it was terrible. It's it's a kind of challenge that e- even an attacker you would be embarrassed if that died. Right. Just so slow, and well, Sandazo was going away from the goal as well. Aye, aye. I mean, like Sandazo, I thought was back to his form again. He's been he's been off the boil a bit recently, but he certainly seemed to be back on back on form this time. And obviously, he's created one and scored the spot. Fair apparently he created so. No, it's good to see him back. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Given who they've got this weekend. <laughs> right, is there another no talk of um, Derek Reardon as well, perhaps? Um, ah, he's been training with St. Johnson. Yeah, he's yeah. on trial. I think he's, he's played a, a bounce game for them. 
but I've not heard anything more on that. And I, I think he'd be a brilliant signing, uh, not just because he's free, but he's. Uh, I think JB had posted on the forum a, a list of the the top scorers in the SPL out with the old firm, and he was sitting top. Ah, he's uh, he's third in the all-time scorers list. There's only only Chris Boyd and Henrik Larsson have been over a hundred goals. He's on ninety-five SPL goals. Yeah, so that's that's pretty good going for a guy. He has quality. If he can just cut out the the silliness, I, I've always hoped that he would he would grow up. But well, may, maybe he has. Maybe this trip he went to China, didn't he? Aye. Maybe that's helped him grow up a bit. But who knows? I'm, I live in hope because he, he could be good for for Scotland. If, Aye, definitely. Yeah, uh, if yeah, if he cuts out the silliness, if he stops, maybe stops hanging about with the people that that, have, that are clearly not good for him. The fact he's been banned was it every club in Edinburgh. Aye, that's, that's why he's, that's why he's going to Perth now because he's, he's got to go somewhere for a night <laughs> and for everywhere else. But I know he's I, I, one of these guys that's been in and around the league for years. And I remember seeing him up at Fir Park when he when he um, was playing for Hibs and he scored a couple of great goals in midweek game. And just almost effortless the way he was finishing these chances. And I think you know if he gets a if he gets a run in a side and a side like St Johnston as well that are obviously creating chances. I, th- I think if they snap him up to the end of the season, along with Sandaz and Sheridan, that's that's a pretty. Um, it's a pretty impressive forward line. Yeah, he's, he's flexible as well because he's not simply an out-and-out striker. He's uh, a bit flexible, a bit like Stokes, how he can play him on the wing. And yeah. I suppose that makes his goal-scoring record even more impressive, that he's, he's yeah. not a Chris Boyd-type character, that that's all he does. I always thought he was one of these kind of players that played better in the hole. Yeah, yep. I, I'm not talking about his night-time activities. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline there. <laughs> Oh dear, he's, he's, anyway. just a, he's just a right funny looking beggar, isn't he? A right funny looking face on him. <laughs> uh, that polo neck thing that he was wearing for a while as well, that's not doing him any favours either. So if he drops that, he gets his hair cut sorted, then he might do the business. Then you'll maybe accept him at Fur Park then. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd have at Fur Park in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Right. But, uh, fair play to St Johnson, that's them um, secured the top six, so they're, they're guaranteed their best finish in the SPL since the 1999-2000 season. And they could be pushing for Europe. They could, I know. They're I mean, sitting pretty. They've got a game in hand in midweek, which could take them above Dundee United into fourth. And then they're only, is it a five points behind Motherwell if that happens? Ah, it's, it's eight at the moment, yeah. so ah, if they win their game in hand, it gets down to five. And, yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. finish. Mm-hmm. So in the predictor, I wasn't the only one to get this one spot on. Greg, surprisingly, you managed to get this one right. Two one. There you go. Two two in a week. Unbelievable. And Chris, you went one nil St Johnson, so Oh fuff. Aye. <laughs> rubbish. Rubbish. Aye, right. moving on to the the, the big game of the weekend. Well the, the big game for, for me as a Rangers fan and, and I'm sure for, for others as well was Rangers against Celtic. I wasn't confident, I mentioned in the podcast last week that I just couldn't see Rangers doing this on the on Sunday morning. I was getting a wee bit giddy with excitement, and I, I went in the bookies and and I put a, a few bets on, uh, some silly bets to be honest. But but yeah, I decided to back Rangers to win three one, and forgot forgot that I'd bet them until pretty much when Rogner scored. Three <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I so the, the game it was eventful to say the least. 
I don't think there was <laughs> there was any real malicious challenges in the game. There was a, a couple of uh, dodgy challenges that were dealt with simply with free kicks. But people will, will look on from the outside and say three red cards. It must have been a, a typical old firm derby. But no, I thought it was uh, it was a, a well mannered game really. The, the the sending offs. I don't have any complaints about them. I think Cha when he brought down Wallace, he was he was on the wrong side, so he had to do something. Hand on the shoulder. I think I mentioned on we were discussing this on Twitter, Chris, and right. my view is that it is a foul, and I, so it has to be given. Whether the, there was contact was enough to bring him over, that's debatable. Whether referees consistently give that is another story as well but for me it's a film and personally I think it was uh, an obvious goal scoring opportunity as well I don't think that was it Mulgrew was claiming that he was the last man I don't think he would have got across to block a shot so so for me red card what do you think? No, I, would, I would tend to agree with you I mean there's, de- there's definitely a hand goes for Chao onto his shoulder and yep. pulls him back I think that it's not just the fact the hand goes up there's a pull back there so I think it's definitely a foul um, it's not a foul that Wallace goes down for because there's no way it took his legs. No. So I think no. he's been he's been trying to illustrate to the point that he has been fouled by going down. I think sometimes that's diving, sometimes it's a clever player. Yeah. It, it doesn't really matter. It's a foul. So the question then becomes: Has he stopped a goal scoring opportunity? Now I think the ball is well weighted for Luko, so I think he's probably getting there possibly before Forster. Mm-hmm. There's no way Charlie Mulgrew is getting across because no. he's too far away. The, the only the, the only real debate for me is whether Foster's going to beat him to the ball or not, and I don't think he does. There's plenty of other Celtic fans will tell you otherwise. Mm-hmm. The other debate is whether he's running towards goal or not. He's kind of running wide, but it's still far enough outside the box that you can't really tell. He'd already shot for there about five minutes earlier and blazed it over a bar. Yeah. So for me, the only reason it wouldn't be a goal-scoring opportunity is because Wallace might miss again. But the referee can't decide that. So I was on... uh, In my opinion, it's a red card. Was on the, I know the, them letting the minority with that one with Celtic fans. Yeah, the, the FIFA website, I was on it earlier and I was just looking, reading through the, the rules of the game when I was supposed to be working, but I decided to read through the rules and it was saying that it's if it's stopping an obvious goal-scoring opportunity where the player is running towards the goal. So, as you mentioned there, maybe debatable whether he would have got the ball before Foster... I think whether it's an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, I think that's probably going to always be debatable. We've seen people miss yeah. open goals. We've seen people sky it from the within six-yard line. Whether he was running towards a goal, can you get down to a level of saying, well, he's technically he wasn't? I, I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. But, but yeah, overall, I think a red card for me. Yeah, I mean, Celtic are appealing the decision that we gave it here today, so if they're going to appeal anything, it's this one, I think, because there are, there's enough discussion there as to whether it's a, an obvious goal-scoring opportunity or not. But for me, yeah, I can, I'm, I'm not going to argue it. I can understand where he's come from. Yeah, the, the next red card was Wanyama, when Whitaker was, was running across the, the edge of the 18-yard line, and Wanyama decided to to leave the ground, really, and, and go in two-footed uh, I think that Whitaker was lucky that he, he never got caught, and it was it was a bit bizarre how the challenge went in. It was nasty; you could see that. But Whitaker was didn't seem to fall over. He just stayed in his feet and was straight in the, the ref's face, really complaining. Callum Murray, there's been criticism that he brought the red card out a bit too quickly. But for me, I think it was obvious that it was a red card, and 
I think he got the decision right, so whether he got the card out quickly or whether he waited 10, 20 seconds, it's irrelevant to me. I was speaking to a Celtic fan earlier on today and he came up with a different angle that I hadn't really hadn't really seen because I was focusing a lot on Wanyama. Did he leave the ground? How high off the ground was he? Was there stud showing? Was it two-footed? That kind of thing. And he mentioned that maybe Whitaker was a wee bit, a wee bit uh, nasty in that challenge. I don't know. Did either of you see that that aspect? Uh, of I, it? Sorry, Chris. I was going to say that. I think I think Whitaker's lucky. Um, he didn't get at least booked. Because I mean, I've not watched I've, I've not watched it in a million times. But the couple of replays that I've seen, I, there's no question that when Yama's off the ground with both his feet. But like you're saying, he's not caught Whitaker. Whitaker's in mid air because he's just about to catch when Yama halfway up his shin. Right. His boot. Mm-hmm. I think he's a wee bit lucky. He's he's he's, he's um, away with without a booking there. I, th- I think Whitaker's seen him coming. Is my opinion of it. I mean, it, there's no debate again for me that when Yama's went in with two feet and studs up off the ground, mm-hmm. it's going to be a red card. You, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Maybe 10, 15 years ago, you'd get away with it. But I think his inexperience is maybe showing a bit here. He's, he's finally shown that he, he's such a young boy that uh, he's maybe been a bit rash with a challenge. And it's, the, the red card's spot on. Whether Whitaker should have got punished for it, I don't know, because I don't think the referee can see it for the angle he's at. You can see it properly for the TV angle. That he does, he does seem to go over the ball and like, places studs into the, the shin of Wanyama, but I don't think the ref can see it. Yeah. To be fair, I think Whitaker did get away with a lot during the game. There was another incident, and I think it was the second half, where he clattered as a Gary, and then he wandered away, and the referee was whistling and trying to wave him back, and he completely ignored him, and the referee eventually gave up. A minute later, he clattered as a Gary again, and it's the only then that the referee actually spoke to him. And I think there's another debate about Whitaker fouling somebody in the box, which I honestly can't remember. No, I can't remember either. It's, I did drink quite it's... a bit of tenants, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy high-fiving. Aye. <laughs> I mean, Whitaker's the one name that keeps springing up, and I think, personally, he, seemed to, he only pulled out of one thing the entire day, and it was the penalty. <laughs> yeah, I, the... the... The penalty in the sending off was, was an interesting one to see Bocanegra slide in. Uh, just, well, he's, it's desperation, isn't it? I think right. Samaras had a brilliant turn. It's probably the best turn you'll, you'll see how he took it in and just took out the entire defence and that one one swift move. Well, Bocanegra was a bit desperate, thought, right, going to lunge in here. He does it. He realises he's not going to get the ball. And then you see him, he pulls out the challenge, but his momentum took him through and took out Samaras. Yeah. So I think it's, it's it's a little unfortunate for Bocanegra, but it is a definite red card. No yeah, arguments at all. Uh, if we're talking about obvious goal-scoring opportunities, uh, heading <laughs> towards a goal, then this, it ticks all the boxes. So yeah, definite red card. I thought the, the, the penalty from Brown was, was a little surreal. There was the, the scoreline was 3-0 to Rangers at that point and uh, I think there was only maybe a minute or two left to uh, normal time. So Brown scores the goal, McGregor uh, grabs it and then uh, just flings it away really just so Brown can't get it straight away. Brown runs after the ball and then just picks it up and just punts it. There didn't seem to be any urgency. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was almost like, right, this is a consolation goal. And then right. bizarrely, the same, I got the same feeling when Rogner scored his. There was no real celebration from him. He just kind of just ran away. He was just like, all right, okay. And yet, well, there was maybe only a minute left, but I was definitely right. starting to get very worried at that point. 
I think for the second goal for Celtic, it was there was somebody went and dra- dragged it out of the out of the, the goal mouth to go and put it back in the centre spot. But then I think the funnier thing was Gary Hooper basically getting grabbed off the bench and made to strip. You're going on. <laughs> We've got a minute left. Go get a goal. <laughs> yeah, you've not trained all week. Get on. <laughs> yeah, I was. It was an eventful game. I think that. I'm going to be honest, and it might sound biased here, but I think that the the overall game, I think the three-two flattered Celtic a bit. But at the end of the day, uh. you, you can't can't ask for more from your team to have that kind of fight back to at least bring it back to well within a minute of uh, getting a draw. I think if you'd added on another five ten minutes, I think it was Celtic that were going to be doing the equalising. I think Rangers I think were so. were damaged really at that point. They were they were downheartened. Uh, I think I, I mean I heard McCoy saying after the game, oh, I thought Rangers dominated and it was a bizarre five minutes. I'm I'm not as convinced about that as McCoy does. I think I, I think Sonny Luko ran the show in the first half and his goal was just it was almost as if Celtic hadn't watched the tapes the previous week when he'd been dancing through the Dunn United defence. Yeah. It was just too easy for him when it was a good finish, so I mean fair play to him for that. And then uh, the longer it was one nil and we went down to ten men and then nine men and you were thinking, hang on, we could maybe nick something here. Yeah. And we started coming into the game more and more. And then it was like two quick sucker punches for uh, Rangers. There's a, there's some stupid debate about whether the the second goal was offside because maybe Lafferty flicked it on. And if, if, I mean, fair play, if Lafferty has flicked it on, then uh, I think it was Wallace who could take the initial shot before it Wallace was. finished yep. it. Yep. I think what Wallace is in an offside position if Lafferty's flicked it on, but I don't think it took a nick off anybody. If anything, it was Rogner that took a nick off. That's what and I when thought, the initial yeah. cross is put in, there's no way he's offside, so I don't think there's any dispute there. I think there was some other dispute about Stokes being offside in the first half when he wasn't, but I've never seen that. So again, yeah. he was missing for the highlights. I seen the I seen the, the replay, and he was from what I seen, he was definitely onside. I, I'm not really sure because he was chasing the ball. It was it was quite wide, wasn't it? And I'm not sure if McGregor was getting the ball first or not. But yeah, I think he was onside, so that was incorrect. Right. The yeah, I I think Wallace. I didn't see a touch. I've looked at it again no. and again. I can't see a touch. I, I don't know how a linesman's going to decide. I think he has to err on the side of caution and say that there wasn't a touch. But Wallace, I'd laugh at. I laugh now because he ended up scoring and the the game was won. But to miss from where he missed, it was it was some work <laughs> from Foster because Foster even got a pretty strong arm on the the little right. shot. Uh, I mean, Foster was having a good game. I thought, I mean, he was, he was certainly keeping us in it with a few decent saves in the second half. But uh, it was very strange because when the, after the second goal went in, I thought Celtic came into the game more. I thought we, we, things started working for us a bit better and we were unfortunate that we lost possession and we ended up with a three on two for the third goal. Was it not? But, Wallace actually won the possession. I think it might have been, aye. And then, and then put his head down and just bombed it down to, to get on for the, the goal. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good classic breakaway goal. I mean, they can't take it away from him for that. I think it was it was almost a wee bit flattering for Rangers at the time, and then I was thinking, oh, it's just three 0 We're going to be in for a hiding here because we're going to keep getting hit in the break. But it never really came. And then when we started getting one goal back, and then the second goal went back, and all the nervous faces and eyebrows looking about at each other, <laughs> McCoy's looking at his watch, thinking how long's left. Yeah, that was it. It was <laughs> that that one turn from Samaras. I, I can't I, big it up enough to be honest. It's it was just so, so good, brilliant. And he also had a, a really good run in the first half when uh, I, I can't remember who it was. He knocked it past. I, I'm guessing it Goyan. He knocked it past him at the halfway line and ended up getting into the box. And he done two defenders beautifully. 
he, oh. uh, when he fainted for the shot and it was just just trying to like when are you going to hit the shot hit the shot I, I can't remember if McGregor saved it but then it, it rebounded out to Stokes who you would put money on him scoring that every time and then he, he bizarrely hits the ground with the ball and then it bounces up and, and McGregor decides to, to push it over the line even though it hits the bar I think he had to. I think he was going to. I think it was just that underneath the ball. Do you think so? Aye. I think. I, I mean, if you're a good goalkeeper, you make sure. So exactly, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Bigger for that. But aye, I mean, Samaras was by far our best player. I thought he was. He was one of the few. Which I suppose it's not really saying much about Samaras, but he had a really good game. It's just a shame so many other Celtic players didn't. Stokes never really had a chance to show what he was going to do because obviously he was sacrificed when we went into ten men. Um, but I mean, most of the midfield were sort of. Pretty poor. Brown had a good second half, I thought, but even he was he wasn't great in the first half. Izagiri came onto a game after being going about twenty minutes of being anonymous and, and not seeing the ball at all. Aye. It was actually uh, I was sitting with a bunch of Rangers guys and we were we were having a wee joke about Izagiri how you wouldn't have known he was on the pitch other than when you seen him coming on as a sub. That was it because he hadn't touched the ball. And then just as we were saying that, I think he got down the the line and I think he beat Whitaker and uh, ran towards the goal, along the, the goal line. Uh, I think he'd done that a couple of times. He was, he was really, once he got into the flow, he was terrorising down that wing. Uh, it's, it's actually good to see Izzagiri back, because he's he's been struggling to get back after his injury, and I think, if anything, Whitaker's probably done him a favour by clattering him a couple of times, because I think that's what he's been needing recently. Just something that happens, someone's like, I'm OK, my ankle's fine, I can play now. That's it. Something wasn't right because he he had come back. I don't know if he'd had one appearance or two, but he'd come back and it, and then Lennon just seemed to be just I've left him out, just totally almost ignored him. So yeah, something wasn't right. So maybe you're, maybe you're right that it was mental. But I mean, that's that result means that uh, Rangers didn't suffer the humiliation of losing the league title at their own ground to Celtic. Three points actually means that Celtic can't even win the league next weekend because they're now Celtic now require four points or they require Rangers to drop some. Mm-hmm. So if if Motherwell can do Rangers uh, Celtic a favour by uh, taking some points off Rangers, then Celtic can beat St Johnson and win the league. But that's a lot of ifs. What's What's interesting about the the split that's coming up is uh, the in the new Doncaster and Co. They're they're going to be facing a, a different dilemma. Because normally it's right, okay, the split's coming up. Where can we put the Rangers Celtic game? We need to have that pretty much the first game up because we can't have a title decider. But now there's a potential that they go into this thinking, right, we can't have the old firm game at too early because it might be a title decider. We'll need to leave it to the end of the season. Aye. I, I think they're going to leave the decision for that until after we've played Kilmarnock. Because I yeah. think, as far as the SPO are concerned, they're probably hoping that we beat St. Johnson, we beat Kilmarnock, and whatever happens with Rangers happens with Rangers. And Celtic have got the title before they have to make the decision on the fixtures and the split. That's it. But I, I, like you say, if it comes to the, the split and the, the title still isn't decided, then I think the, the Celtic Rangers game at Celtic Park is going to be like the, the third or even fourth game. I, I don't know. Do you think, do you think we'd worry too much about that? I mean, we've just had what was, what was potentially going to be... Um, a league winning game at Ibrox on Sunday there and by all accounts it's passed off relatively um, relatively peacefully and, and I mean that was that's a different situation that would have been Celtic winning the title at Ibrox if it was the boot was in the other foot and it's Celtic at Parkhead then I, I'm not so sure they would they would object too much about um, about playing that game given 
given the events of the weekend there, it seemed to go off relatively peacefully. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I agree. I've not read anything uh, about yeah. any trouble at the ground or, or even out with the ground. Obviously, there, there will have been trouble. There's no denying that. But, but there's been nothing major in the, in the news. No, I think, to, to be honest, I think it comes down to the fact that Rangers won the game, so Celtic didn't win the league. But when it comes to it, Celtic are still going to win the league eventually. Yes, so I think yeah. everybody left the ground thinking, yeah. ah, well. But for Rangers, it was it was a, a point to prove that they could still play, play and beat Celtic, even though they've been through all the administration and stuff. And for Celtic, it was, ah, well, we'll win it a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, if you... I mean, we, we were singing at the end of the game. It was bizarre. It was 3-1 we were singing, can you hear the Rangers sing? If you believe uh, Scott Anthony on the forum, Celtic were the winners on the day, apparently. I'm not sure how that works. I don't think anybody has. I don't we, even we drew think the second is. half two each, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he had a post, uh, something along the lines of 12 men uh, against Celtic, and then, oh, yeah, conspiracy theories, paranoia. So, in the, in the predictions... I'd went for a 2-1 victory to Celtic. I wasn't confident at all. Greg went for a Paul Band, a 0-0. Chris, you went for a 2-1 victory to Celtic as well. I did say my head rather than my heart. No, my heart rather than my head, because my head didn't know. <laughs> I think that was my head saying, we're not going to win this, and couldn't quite admit it. Well, yeah, I ended up getting giddy on the, the Sunday morning. I had my, th- bet, my 3-1 bet that I'd totally forgotten about. During the game, and I had to log in to see if I'd done it. I had a pound on a local first scorer, which came up, but then that was offset with my pound on Goyan and pound on Bocanegra first scorer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, the, the bookies love it when I visit the site. <laughs> I don't know, you're probably still up for the weekend. You'd have got good odds in the local being first scorer at the moment. 71, maybe? 8, I think I got 81, eight yeah. Uh, and I had a had a fiver and a Rangers win at five to two as well. So yeah, I, I was up. Ah, you're up. But yeah, it was a scattered gun approach to the gambling. <laughs> Sometimes you're the best. Yeah. So I thought, look at the the Paul Band charity bet from last weekend. I reduced it down to four teams in the hope that we can start winning some money again. I predicted that Alloa would beat Queens Park and they did four 0 he predicted Eastern Rar would beat East Stirling, and they did, 4-1. He then predicted that Stenhouse Muir would beat Albin Rovers. They lost Ugh. 2-1. I hate Stenhouse Muir. Rubbish. Did Stenhouse Muir or, or the Albin Rovers realise that they ruined the Paul Band charity bet? They need, they need to have a look in the mirror. That's, that's you, sure. you know what? I should have known better because my wee sister's man. He supports uh, Stenish Muir, and every time he puts a bet on them, they lose. <laughs> <laughs> then the, the final game was Aberdeen against Inverness, which Aberdeen oh, obviously... We really screwed that one up. Yeah, <laughs> so a 50% success rate. Rubbish. But this week, Paul, he's always willing to, to try new things. He's always he's always willing to, to try and improve the, the, the charity bet. I sounded like I was talking about him in a kinky way there, but no, we're, we're sticking to football. <laughs> <laughs> this week's Paul Band charity bet is a three-team accumulator. All oh, right, OK. Oh, come on, surely we can get this one. So he's went for... Oh, it's a he's went for Hearts to beat Aberdeen. I think that's oh, a... That's brave. No, I think that's a good one. Aberdeen's lost two in a row now. Uh, was it a draw and then two losses? So I think that's a good one. 
Dundee United to beat Dunfermline. I think that's Dumb. a shoe in. That has to be. be. <laughs> and then he's got Falkirk to beat Hamilton. Oh, the, no. The Harry Ramsden Challenge Cup. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Falkirk's <laughs> form has been abysmal recently. But, the, but this is the big occasion. It's the big cup. It's the Challenge Cup. It's definitely not the Diddy Cup. It's the Harry Ramsden's Cup. It's named after a boss chippy. Come on, it's a diddy cop. <laughs> but they're going to... Well, the thing is, Stephen Presley listens to the podcast. I, I assume he does. And he's going to hear it and he's going to think, right, OK, this charity pot of £45 for the season is pitiful. We need to up our game here and help. So I'm going to put a fiver on that. Those three teams have not looked up the odds, I'm sorry. But I'm going you to put what? a fiver on. and Well, we might win. I might put a fiver on Hamilton just to balance us out. Because I think Greg Spence is going to bury them. <laughs> so is this, is this you putting on a side charity bet? I might I might put on a side charity bet here. Right, we'll hold you to it. A, a wee cheeky fiver for Hamilton. Right. Okay. And everybody I grew up with is going to hate me for that because I grew up in Falkirk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's for charity. They won't hate you. They, they know it's for charity. I've got a, I've got a, a plan for the, the charity bet at home for it, but I'll maybe discuss it in future weeks. I need to to consult with Laurie, because Laurie goes halfers on the charity bet every week. He de- well, he thinks he does. He deposits the, the money straight into my account. I just squander it and beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, predictions in the, the SPL. And games coming up this weekend. We've got the first game up is Inverness against St. Johnson. And this is a rearranged fixture. I don't know when it's from, but it was rearranged quite a while back. So if you you play the the predictor on the forum, if you if you play in that, the existing predictions are still valid. So I'd predicted two 0 back when the the game was originally scheduled. Two 0 to St Johnson, so I'm going to stick with that. I don't know what I predicted, but I've gone for two 0 as well on this one. I can't see another St Johnson chasing Europe. <coughs> Excuse me, hitting <laughs> form. Inverness don't really have much to play for anymore. They might look to try and eke away for Dunfermline and Hibs, but nah, I can't see it. Going to be a 2 0 St Johnson. A 2 0 Inverness for me. Got to try and <laughs> got to try and claw some points back off St Johnston because uh, they're bounding up that league. And I don't know. It's maybe just one of these ones. We midweek game and a, a trip up north to make no fancy. Aye, two one, two one Inverness. Two 0 Inverness. Two 0 Inverness, right. Going to take a wee bit of a sidestep, I thought I'd give a mention to some work I've done on the on the website. It's on the, the front page in the blog section of the website. And uh, I wrote a page basically titled Head-to-Head Stats. And it gives you a complete list of head-to-head results for each team during the SPL years. So that's present day going back to 1998. So if you visit the, the, the blog section... Uh, under the, the menu SPL, then you've got title head-to-head stats. So it might be useful for when we're making predictions to, to consult that. So that's, that's my plug over. It's a good section. I'm quite impressed by it. But I like my stats, so of course I'm impressed by it. <laughs> uh, it's useful. It's, it's quite good looking back. Uh, I've got another couple of pages that I'm... I'm working on behind the scenes and I'm basically going to do a individual club stats. Things like uh, 
most wins against a specific team, most losses against a specific team, uh, most goals scored against a specific team, most goals conceded against a team, highest goals ratio against a team, lowest goals ratio, longest win and run at home, longest win and run away, longest win and run all, longest unbeaten run, longest losing run, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, and that's in a work in progress on the site. The page is actually there, but I've hidden it from the menu because I'm still still tweaking it. Gonna, work in progress. <laughs> I've got actually I've got the, the text at the top says this page is a work in progress, just in case anyone spots it. You need to be workman picture for like the nineteen nineties <laughs> under construction. <laughs> Maybe Greg will be able to give me one from his personal collection. <laughs> <laughs> hey, never mind your nods. I can't find this page. Where is it? I'm on the front. I'm on the front page. I'm on the blog page. Where is it? I can't see it. Right. Well, then you've the got the podcast. SPL. SPL. Uh huh. And then underneath that, you've got head-to-head stats. Head-to-head stats. Oh, aye. Very good. There you are. Hmm. There you are. Uh, busy, son. Aye. That's it. I'm always busy. <laughs> Unless I'm in a pub all day drinking like I was yesterday. Always busy. So on this on Saturday, Saturday lunchtime is a. Uh, the big game of the weekend, well, the big game for me and Greg anyway, that's Motherwell against Rangers, 12 o'clock kickoff. very convenient for everybody, it's live on ESPN. Uh, Motherwell will be hoping for a victory here, they'll be hoping to be continue their push for second place, or as, as Greg says, they maybe have one eye over their shoulder, looking who's behind them. I, I think Rangers are going to win this now, I think my my hopes it's been been restored after Sunday's victory against Celtic that Rangers can put out a, a strong eleven. They can get a result. They, they maybe don't have much on the on the bench, much backup, but all going to plan, which it has done recently against Motherwell. They've got a good record. I'm going to go for a, a two 0 away victory to Rangers. Ah, I think you're right. I don't. I don't see any way we'll. Uh, I don't see any way we'll get the three points and. On Saturday, and just using this handy head-to-head page in the Scottish Football Forums. dot co. dot uk website. I, I, am I reading this wrong? Or is the last time we beat Rangers? Can it be nineteen ninety eight? Can it be? But scanning down that list. Oh, you're right. I, I think it is, and I tell you, it, it was um, it was John Spencer that scored. It's a midweek game, and he scored. I think that's the last time we've uh, we've beaten Rangers. So if that's the case, then there's there's nothing to suggest we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be reversing that current uh, desperate start. So I think I think it's probably three one Rangers. Two thousand and two. I'm spawning one Greg one nil. Two two. Yep, one nil. Sorry, I stand corrected. That's not so bad. It's only ten years. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say for the score, Greg? Three one, mate. Three one Rangers. That's <laughs> alright. He's only need to draw to let us win the league on Sunday. So. God, <laughs> I'd draw a day, that would do me fine. It's this league, we've moved on for that, Chris. We've moved on. I can't see it though, it doesn't matter. I can't see it at all. Well, we're just awful against Rangers every time they've played them recently. They've been yeah. dreadful. I think that coupled with the fact Rangers' morale have been boosted thanks to the win against Celtic the weekend. There's a chance to go six points clear of them for second place. Even Lee Wallace was saying at the weekend there that administration can't be an excuse for Rangers' poor form. Which was good then, because that means the title can't be tainted then. <laughs> but nah, it's going to be a Rangers win. This is this is going to squish. I'm going 3-0. 3-0. Confident. 
Next game up is Dundee United against Dunfermline. Dundee United, the, the form team in the league, and Dunfermline, the opposite. So it's, it's, it's definitely going to be a home victory. It's just how many goals they're going to win by. I think they're going to keep a, a clean sheet. Pernas going to keep them out. So I'm going to go 3-0. 3-0 United. Aye, I think you're right. I think it's an easy an easy win for, for the Tangerines in this one too. They're, they're going well, they're scoring goals, they're playing well, the confidence is up. Aye, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you there, 3-0. Well, I'm going to change my mind. I, I think this is one of these ones where it's so obvious that it's Dundee United that's going to squish this, that it's not going to happen at all. It's going to be a narrow 2-1 victory. Be stupid. Like, it'll be, United will just edge it, but it'll not be the, the big win that it really should be. Jim Jeffries, he's got more time in the hot seat, so he might, might turn them round. Oh, I'm sure he'll find a way to bore us to death. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what he'll do is assemble another team of hammer throwers, just like every other team he's ever managed in the past. <laughs> <laughs> the next game up is Hearts against Aberdeen. And I think I'm going to go for a home home victory in this. I think that the Hearts are a, they're a better team on paper than Aberdeen. Aberdeen's on a, a bit of a, a losing run. So, uh, yeah, a home victory. I'm going to go 2-0 to Hearts. I think... I don't know. I think Aberdeen might might nick this one. Um, I know they've, they've not been doing as well the last couple of games, but I, I still think they've got a, a reasonably good side there and, and they're starting to sort of turn things around a wee bit. Hearts are no bad at home, right enough. But... Um, Aye, I'll go. Uh, I'll go to one Aberdeen. Nah, Aberdeen don't care about the league anymore. Top six is gone. Hearts need the the, the victory. It can make sure they get the top six. So that's uh, going to be an easy home. Easy home win. Yep. I'm backing the Paul Band here. Don't <laughs> don't mess with it. <laughs> so the next game up is St Mirren against Kilmarnock. I think it's going to be an away victory here. I think that, that neither really have much to play for, to be honest, in this. But I think that the Kelly have, have shown in the last couple of games that they, they do have the quality. But I think we all knew that they had the quality, but it's just the consistency was a problem. So I think it's going to be an away victory. I'm going to go for another 2-0 victory to Kilmarnock. Uh, they, did, they did well on the, on the weekend. They beat us uh, pretty comfortably. Uh, Burn again, not really, not really scoring that many goals, and um, probably unlikely to change. So I'll go, I'm going to go one 0 come on. Uh, I'm going to go two one come on because I think uh, Burn just they've been struggling since the turn of the year, and I don't see them changing that. Come on, like a leading in the crest of a wave after the, the League Cup victory and uh, victory against Motherwell, just to top that off. They're not really chasing that much. They've still got the top six to chase, but I think. They won't know what the Hearts result is because they'll be playing at the same time, so they'll probably get the victory this week and then be disappointed to find Hearts have won. But I think we'll get the victory this week time too. Two one. So I'm moving on to Sunday in the, the first of April. We've got a uh, uh, two two live games, which is surprising. Three over the whole weekend. Uh, busy busy television televised. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Televisual spectacle. <laughs> That's it, Greg. Thanks for saving me there. My magic editing button doesn't take out mistakes like that. It just, it just stays in. <laughs> After the big game again between Motherwell and Rangers, we're getting Super Sunday. That's it. It is Super Sunday. Celtic against St. Johnson's, the first game up. 
12.45, I think that the Sky, Sky Sports 4, I think I think that they thought maybe this was a potential title clincher. You're, they're only allowed to show four games, I think, at, at Celtic Park. And I think so. Season only, so two are taken up with the old firm, that goes without saying. So I can't remember them showing any other so far this season. No, they've been hoping that we, we clinch the title in this one and then the other one will pick us the one to get the trophy. Yeah. But, of course, if uh, Rangers can get a victory against Motherwell, they're not getting anything out of this game. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be a regular home game itself to need to win. So, the, just checking up this handy handy previous results page, whoever wrote this on scottishfootballforums.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> and Celtic got beat off St Johnson the last time they played at Parkhead. Was it Dave McKay? one Dave McKay. McKay. Good finish. Yep. Uh, that that won't happen again, no. I think I'm going to go for a Celtic home win. I think that uh, Lennon, I think he's he's going to get the response he, he wants from the, the players. They showed at the end of the Rangers game that they were the team in the ascendancy. I think that's going to continue. I think it's going to be a 2-0 victory to Celtic. Well, I think, I think St Johnston will make it difficult for them coming the weekend, but again, I, I can't see anything. I'm, I'm certainly hoping for nothing other than a home win. Um, probably 2-0, 2-0 Celtic. One each. <laughs> One each? I genuinely think it's that. going to be a draw. Uh, I think like, we're going to be playing in front of our edgy home support. Our last sort of four performances have been pretty poor. I mean, we never we weren't at the races against Rangers, we weren't at the races against Kilmarnock, we weren't at the races against United until Robbie Nielsen gets sent off. We didn't really perform against Aberdeen. It's not been a good month for Celtic. Mm-hmm. And I don't th- I think... Uh, well, I know this is technically now April we're talking about, but I don't think this is going to be any better because I think we're just we're stumbling over the line here. We'll get a point, but I don't see us getting a victory. It's just something about this game. I think St. Johnson's a difficult opponent. They're on form. St. Daz is back on fire again. Wouldn't it surprise me if he gets a goal? Yeah. So I won each. Ah, uh, you, you're right. St. Johnson are a good team. I just... I personally can't see past Celtic because we we know that what they can do if they turn it on. Yeah. So the next game up is uh, this is a big game for the Sunday. Forget Celtic's and Johnson game. Inverness against Hibs live three o'clock ESPN. This is a big tie. This is a crunch. Hibs are, are they're going to be desperate to get points here. I think that I mentioned earlier that Dunfermline are going to be beat, so Hibs are going to want to get an away victory. They're going to be hungry for it. Finland's going to have them up for this. It's going to be an away victory. I'm going to go. I'm going to be confident. I'm going to think 2-0. 2 to Hibs. Um, I think I think there's only really one side that, that, that I've got to I've got to show the desire. I'm going to win this. That's Hibs. This is this is a point in the season where they need to kick on and start start picking up these points. Um, and saying that Inverness, yeah, they've been no bad recently. They'll be buoyed by a win at Pataudry last week, but. Nah, I think Hibs are too strong for them. 2-1, two, 2-1 one, two, one Hibs. I'm going the other way, I'm going 2-1 Inverness. I think this is Inverness's opportunity to put that extra bit of distance between them and Dunfermline that just secures it. Obviously the two of them will know what the Dunfermline will score will be against Dun United for the, the previous day. And Hibs will be hoping that Dunfermline will lose and they can get the chance to play it, but they're wrong. So Inverness are going to win. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good basis for the prediction. They're just rotten. Yeah. As that's as good to the end of the SPL predictions for the next weekend, and I just thought I'd give another plug for the the forum. Obviously, I mentioned the head-to-head stats page that I've been busy with over the last week or so. 
so that plug goes without saying but if you're not a member of the, the forums you can join at forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk you can log in using your Twitter account or your Facebook account or you can create a free account using a username password if you are interested in winning some, some free money we run a SPL score predictor with a £20 cash prize for the each month and with the end of the month on Saturday, there'll be a, a new new month starting on Sunday, obviously, and a new prize, so it's a good time to join. If you just visit uh, forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk and click on the SPL predictor at the top of the screen. I won't bother uh, plugging Greg's Twitter account because he says he just tweets nonsense. <laughs> well, I don't even tweet in these days. <laughs> But you can follow me on Twitter and I'm under S Football Forums. You could also follow Chris. He is Chris1888. And if you if you really want to follow Greg, if you're, you're kind of struggling for people to follow, you could follow him, <laughs> Greg Barry. I don't know. I promise I'll, I promise I'll make an extra special effort if my follower count goes up by one. Identify yourself now. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll tweet you to death with the uh, <laughs> some interesting facts. Now, I, I'm I'm not really too hot on how to use lists, but I set up a list of uh, SFF members under my Twitter account. So if you can find it, who knows how you find it? But if you can find it, I've got a list of a few folk there, and you'll be able to get Greg, Laurie, Chris, uh, JB. He was a, a guest in the podcast and a member of the forum, obviously. Uh, so there's a few folk there on that follow. Laurie's good for betting tips. Laurie is good for betting tips. I'm telling you, he's, he gambles too much, but he seems to be winning lately. So I follow Laurie's tips <laughs> if, if you want to make money. Because they're better than Paul Bynes. Aye. Maybe I need to put a disclaimer. That's me <laughs> saying aye. Aye, please, please gamble responsibly. That's it, aye. <laughs> Don't go putting your mortgage on Laurie's tips. Be too much pressure on him. Uh, JB, you mentioned JB had been on the, the podcast before. He was speaking to the Aberdeen goalie, Jason Brown, earlier in the week. And Jason Brown has agreed to, to do an interview with the forum. So what Very we've good. done is we've started a thread. If you search for Jason Brown, you'll find it. And basically just asking people on the forum to give suggestions for any questions that they want to ask him. And we'll pick the, the best questions and pass them on to him. Uh, he's, he's, he just seems keen, really, to give give the other side, uh, so we can get a wee insight into what what the players think on this, because because we hear all the time what the the fans think, what the managers think, but but what do the players want? So I think it'll be a good insight. Ah, we can ask him what uh, how many teeth does goalkeeping coach Jim Waiting actually have? <laughs> could ask him what he was doing for Inverness's goal on Saturday. He was missing. <laughs> Does Leighton supply Vaseline in the training sessions? Oh, hang on. <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> I wasn't taking it down that route. <laughs> right, so thanks for coming on the, the podcast, guys. That's us coming to the end. Another good podcast. Aye, no bother. Aye, it's been uh, cathartic. <laughs> Greg's talking about a week off. I'm desperate for a week off. This is, this is five in a row. Aye, telling you, you're becoming a regular. Oh. Aye. I don't know about that. Get some, get some fresh blood in here. 
I'm maybe going to speak to uh, JB about making a guest appearance. I got him back on. I've made a, I made him a move to try and get Paul Band, see if he can make an oh, appearance. Oh, that's the man you need to go on for the end of the season. Right. Do his Paul Band bet live. That's it. He's, Charlotte, he uh, he's, got, <laughs> he's got a whole section dedicated to him and he's never been on yet. A Paul Band bet live? That sounds like you should find a floating head. <laughs> What's the latest live odds, Paul? Oof, oof. <laughs> He doesn't go oof anymore, does he? That was last is season. That, is that an impersonation? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. It was. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> right, that's enough of me. Right, thanks again, guys, for coming on. Thanks, guys. I see you later. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>